This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash four orbs. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for many platforms, including iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 players. If you love reading but your hustle and bustle life doesn't allow it as much anymore, try audiobooks. You can listen while you drive, jog, or travel by foot at great lengths across ASUS. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash four orbs. Sign up today. Last time on the Four Orbs. Here lies the Keeper of River's End, the named Guardian of the Marsh, Salamandal. Have you never wondered why the Bullywugs don't come down here? Yes, and I intend to find out. It's probably because they're cowards. I'm not afraid. I'll come with you. Well, they're live cowards with their, their bodies intact. We're after the sisters of Salamandal, and this room is for Salamandal. It seems like we should probably at least take a peek. In the center of the room is a 10-foot jade statue of a lizard-like man with scales intricately carved into the emerald stone. I guess, yeah, I'll wander over to the archway. Okay. Through there. We've already been here longer than you promised. I promised no specific amount of time. Just come on, we're almost done. So, Velamir, as you open the doors, all of a sudden you hear... Why do you disturb my slumber? Why do you disturb his slumber? Who is this? <laughs> Leave me to rest in peace. P-V-A-C. Pull it very lightly. I don't okay. want to like make this bird fly yeah, away. Yeah, you just kind of push it. It's just a piece of metal. It's not doing anything. What are you doing to it over there? What is it? It seems like some sort of mechanical bird, but I, I won't lie. I believe it has some kind of personality. It... A construct, of course. You're crazy to think it has a conscience. I, we need to... We need to open it up and inspect it if we want to find anything it's about it. Not, I mean. And Astra, as you're investigating these armor sets, they start to move, and he just like burst into pieces throughout the room, and pieces of armor just flying everywhere. You all move into the tomb of what you assume is Salamandal. You see the stone top of the coffin has been removed, and as you look inside, there is no body. The climb of the stairs to what you believe is the tunnel's exit has been long and steep. It has required that you rest a couple times on the way up. At the top, you find two closed stone doors. You walk up and push on them and find they easily open manually. You're all blinded with sunlight and the scent of fresh air, and as your vision comes to, you turn back to see Astra staring blankly without blinking into the horizon. Astra, as the flash of sunlight hits your eyes, it quickly fades back to darkness. You watch as you move swiftly through dark stone rooms, unable to control your movement. In this vision, you constantly see a symbol that you've seen before, a sun setting behind a mountain. Your eyes dart back and forth, watching your surroundings. The head of the person you are inhabiting turns to see that behind are glowing eyes chasing. The person you inhabit runs with haste and fear growing in every step. And as this person cuts a corner, a set of double doors lies in the path. The person's hands reach out 
and grabbed the handles of these two doors. The hands were familiar. The soft but grotesque ancient hands of the man in black robes from your previous vision. He rushes inside the doors and immediately goes to close the doors behind him. And right before the doors are closed, through the crack of the doors, you see a horde of skeletons chasing him with eyes glowing violet. He turns to scan the room. You see a small room with no other doors, and on the far wall, an elegant, decorated spiral with a skull at the center of it. The room has various sizes of green crystals lining the walls on shelves. And as he goes to pick one up, your vision comes back too, and you see Keth standing in front of you, mouthing words that you are unable to hear. Slowly, your hearing comes back. Astra, are you okay? Hello? Uh, what happened? You, you've just been staring. Or what, what, uh, I ask you what happened. Uh, I just had another vision? I think. Great. Hmm. What, what kind of vision? Uh, it was the same, the same person from the first time it happened. It was a man and a black cloak running away from skeletons hmm. with purple eyes. <laughs> That's very interesting. Has anyone seen skeletons like that before? Are we really going to entertain this? I think I left my cell phone back in the crypt room. Can we just, just go back and get that, please? What's hey, a cell phone? Oh, yeah, what are you talking about? Jesus, I'm kidding. <laughs> So the guy was running towards a room <laughs> filled with green crystals and uh, there was a, a giant mural thing on the wall uh, that, with a spiral and a skeleton in the middle. Ooh, green hmm. crystals and spirals. Sounds like a breakfast cereal. Get to the point. Does this mean anything to anyone? No! Does it? Yes. To me? Yes. Wait. <laughs> Did you say green shards? Yeah. There were a lot of them. Yes. Several. All over the room. Come on, you know. I do not. North. Green shards. The key of Kilnar. The reason we're here. The, the reason you're here? What, wait, what's what's the key of Kilnar? Yeah, what's the key that I'm seeking? Is it an actual key? Like yes. A... Well, in... Yes. Who's Kilnar? Yeah, who's Kilnar? I'm not quite sure who Kilnar is, but I know that's a key of Kilnar, based off your description. Just any green crystal is a key? No, not any green crystal. Oh. Uh, does the spiral... I'm just trying to grasp it too, man. Does the spiral with the skeleton mean anything to me? Give me a knowledge, or a religion check. Fifteen. It sounds like an offset or like maybe a altered or... Like a sect? Yeah, a sect of the Guardian of Death. A sect? Like a cult. Yeah, like oh. a... An ex extremist, maybe? Can you, can you describe the location you were in, perhaps? Were you inside? It it was almost like the same stone corridor that I saw before, um, hmm. and the same sigil or symbol of the sun setting behind the mountains. Hmm. The same guardian of darkness symbol. <laughs> hmm. well, this is all very interesting. These visions. 
could have fooled me. Shut up. I think they're interesting. Look, do you guys realize how much harder it is for a gnome to climb stairs? I'm tired. Can we find somewhere to, you know, rest? As you look around from where these doors have exited out to you, it's on the side of a hill. And you can see that below at the bottom of the hill is the marsh you have grown used to. And as you start to try and figure out exactly where you are, you hear, from behind you, you spot Balulabub hopping down the hill. You made it! Oh, you think of right! Oh, Balula, what's going on? Your tongue sounds even bigger than before. How's it been? What was that, man? I don't know. I've, I've survived these last couple days without you. And you see, it's a long walk from where you went to where I'm at. Well, yes, we, we went on the same walk. We just walked through the tunnels. Oh, that makes sense. What's down there? Is it dangerous? Just tombs. 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 You know, dead people. Dead people? Yeah, well, buried, but yes. Are they like moving dead people? No, they, no. Weren't, they weren't moving. We, we found a bird, though. It's a, a very bird. shiny bird. A shiny bird? Shiny bird. I guess I'll, I don't know where he is. See me somewhere on me. I'll just kind of hold him up. Oh. Well, he doesn't look very appetizing. No, I don't think Speak he would for be yourself. good for eating, but he's my new friend now. Well, we'll see. We were in there in one of those tombs. I believe it was Salamandal's. Um, Salamandal? He wasn't in it. Yes, his body was missing. missing. The top of his tomb seems to have either been pushed or pulled off, and there was nothing inside. Yeah, someone grave robbed him. Grave robbed? What's a grave rob? It's when they rob a grave. Except they took the whole body. I don't, I don't understand what a grave is. Well, a grave is where you put your dead. Where do you put your dead? It's where we put our dead. We, we take them to the ocean and feed them to the monsters out there. <laughs> oh. It's a sacrifice. We don't do that. Most of us, anyway. We put our dead in the That's ground. That's why we don't want a war, because, I mean, do you really want to carry that many bully wolves out to the ocean? That's the only reason you don't want a war? Well, I don't want to die, either. <laughs> <laughs> so we think that Fair the enough. sisters took the body, right? The sisters? We could assume so. They seem to be the only one with any purpose for it. What would they do with it? Maybe they know some sort of magic where they can bring him back or use his body. They do know magic. Well, exactly. You know. And you said something about moving dead. Have you? Is there? Have you seen something like that? Like maybe skeletons or anything that could walk around and? No. No. Okay. But you know, that's like. A bully wolf's worst nightmare is a bully wolf coming back to life and fighting you and killing you and taking you down with him. How did that become the bully wolf's worst nightmare? I, that's Always what my has mom, been? That's what my mom told me when I was a kid. Okay. So your mom told you your worst fear when you were growing up? Well, uh, she did it to keep me in the village. She said not to go out because if you die, you might have to haunt another bully wolf if you come back to life. You don't want to be that Bullywug that haunts another Bullywug, but then you don't want to kill a Bullywug because you don't want that Bullywug to come back and haunt you. Stop! Stop! I can't take another second of this. Can we rest somewhere? You mean this isn't the stuff you write songs about? No! I find this Bullywug culture to be quite fascinating. My songs are uplifting. I mean, we can rest somewhere, but, I mean, just so you know, 
monstrosities have been really numerous around here. Is numerous the word I should use there? Sounds right. right. Yes. I'm learning your tongue. You are. What time of day is it? I assume we're tired. Um, no, it's, well, I mean, you're tired from climbing stairs, yeah. but it's like not even noon yet. Okay. Well, if Doroth insists that we rest, we should take a short one. But after that, I say we go to these sisters. Okay. We should definitely climb a tree, though. Mm. We don't have to go too high. Just, just like 20 or 30 feet so that the monstrosities don't see us. So I don't get swallowed again? We could go back in the tomb. I'll, I'll wait out here. I'm not climbing a tree. Y'all rest wherever you want to rest. I'm resting right here. I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to sit down with him. The little above starts down. to like kind of crawl up the hill a little bit. I guess. And he kind of just perches himself like right above the doorway and looks down at y'all. I'll watch over you. Y'all get some rest. Yes, just warn us if anything is coming. Okay. All right, so are y'all ready to go? Let's do this. Let's march to our deaths. All right, so follow me, but be careful. There's been a lot of monstrosities, as I said, in this area. Lead the way. I'll follow. He seems to lead you a little slower than he used to, but not in a cautious way, really. More like he has grown used to the fact that you can't leap 20 feet with every hop. As you're traveling, he asks, So what, what is so dangerous about that tunnel down there for the Wuggables? Um, well, really, nothing in particular. There was some um, enchanted armor Except that came to life and attacked us. Yeah, that. There was that. Enchanted armor? Yes, it was, seemed to be guarding Salamandal's tomb. Hmm. Is that thing armor? Uh, not quite. It's more of a mechanism. An object. Not. What he said. There you go. He answered. Oh, it speaks. Yeah. What's your name, little thing? I just call him Pivac. That's what the encryption says on his, on his behind. This. He's re saying in response to you. Oh, okay, so it looks like he's going with Pivac then. Um, there's actually, it's Pivac MK3, but I just call him Pivac for short. One. Not yeah, it was Mark One. MK1. Uh, well, I'm glad you made it out safe. I started to get worried this morning since it would mark the third day you went under. Three days, really? Did it, it didn't seem that long. But, you know, the other wolves might be headed toward the big tree by now. So, if they've, if they've convinced the others. Oh, wait. The Lulabub jumps into the air onto a tree. and says, hide, hide, hide! What? Hide from what? And then, all of the sudden, in like a little small pool of water, you see this crocodile head come lunging out of the water and with like your quick glimpse at it it's got a huge tortoise shell on it and it's got like sea turtle like legs and it's just kind of flapping towards you and then he says it's a turkodile <laughs> we all bust out laughing in game <laughs> for the bully wogs. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Uh, give me an issue. God damn it. Spring 2017. <laughs> Finally! <laughs>
12. 16. 6. 21. 11. How big is it? Approximately. We'll say like the shell of it reaches about 3 feet high. And then it's about 6 feet long. Like from snout to tail. He said it's a turcodile, not it's the turcodile, meaning there's more of these things. It's probably a turcodile family. Baby turcodile, dude. Yeah, this is like, this is like, come on. The smallest of all the turcodiles. Matt, you're first. Okay, so is there a tree and or low branch that I could try and jump to and pull myself up? Yeah. All right, I want to do that and then cast Hunter's Mark on the Turkadal. Okay, what's your movement speed? 30. Okay, how high up the tree do you want to go? You want to go the full 15 you can because it's half movement up the tree? As long as there's a branch up there for me to sit okay. upon. Yeah, you can get up there. Or how, lo how long big did you say this Turkadal was? Is it like 10 feet long? Or? Six feet long, three foot high on its shell. Okay. Um, yeah, whatever, we'll do the 15. It has sea turtle legs. Not alligator legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go to the full fit. So it has like flappy fins. All right, yeah, um, you don't have to do any kind. It's not a difficult tree to climb, so oh, sweet. you don't have to roll athletics or anything. Um, you'll just cast Hunter's Mark on it, you said? Yep. All right, you have casted Hunter's Mark onto the creature. <laughs> Next is the Turkadile. And he is attacking you, Keth. It's like calling for you for some reason. Does a six hit? No. All right. After the turkadile is Balulabub. He only has a spear in his hand and he's up in the tree and he seems kind of frightened of this thing and he doesn't want to just lose a spear. So he's just like, you guys got this. It's Doroth's turn. Uh, I'm gonna pull my sword out. And how far away is it? We'll say he's 10 feet from you. Okay, yeah. I'm going to pull my sword out. Okay. And yell, Oh, Jack! And <laughs> swing at him. 19. That is a hit. Yay! Two! All right. You run over and you just, like, slash it and, like, it's one of its fins and you do two damage to it. After Doroth is... Keth. Okay, I'm going to stab it with my halberd. All right. Nine. That's a miss. Damn it. You take your halberd and you stab at it and you just like kind of bounce off the shell of it. Wait, now the cutting words has to be after the attack roll or and before the damage? It's before I call it. Before you call what? What happened. Basically, so before, before I start saying a word... You gotta tell me to stop so, or hold or something. If he rolls his attack dice and you say hit or miss, I have to call before that. Yes. Before okay. hit or miss is Be said. Before I say After a you word. see what he rolled, but before you know if it succeeded or failed. Now, when you say cutting words, did you mean also your bardic inspiration or just the cutting words? I mean, just the cutting words. Okay. Just bardic like, inspiration was. Wait, what was that's that? That's the one that can buff an ally. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay. Like that. Okay. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> yeah, why would he do that? <laughs> uh, Astra, it's your turn. Gonna do a ray of frost. Okay. 15 plus 4, 19. 19 is a hit. 5. 
your ray of frost shoots from your hand and uh, hits the turcodile in like the forehead, basically. But it doesn't like pierce the skin or anything. But you can tell it did some blast damage, some frost damage. Bellamir. I'll I'll throw an Eldritch Blast at him. Okay. That is a 21. That's a hit. One damage. Your blast hits it in the shell, and you can see it like like cracks the shell just a little bit. Back to you, Finch. Do I have to do anything special to enact Colossus Slayer? Nope. It just does extra damage. All right, well, that's going to be a part of all of this. So as of now, I'll take my Hunter's Mark bow shot. Okay. It's a five. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's an eight. Yes. So it's a... 23. 23. All right, so you definitely hit. Cool. Now you will roll 2d8 and 1d6 plus your dexterity modifier. Okay, so 2d8. Ten. 14. 14 damage. The arrow pierces into its like snout and like goes a little bit like through its mouth and you can see like it's like as it opens its mouth you can see like the head like the arrow head sticking into like the mouth itself. Sweet. Sweet septum brew. Brutal. <laughs> and then the turcodile leaps for you again, Keth. I'm using it. You bet you won't swing a little bitch. <laughs> 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 Wait, so, so you're using it on the turkodile? Yes. All right. more, yeah. Okay. All right, damn, because that was a hit. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. Uh, 17? Yeah, that's a hit. Uh, uh, well, my armor class is 17, so that's a hit, right? Defender, Defender wins, right? Defender wins. Defender wins. Okay. Yeah. We, we decided house rule Defender that's wins. That's right. Okay, cool. So you, like, it jumps at you and it, like, calls at you, mouth wide open, and just clamps onto your halberd, like, in the middle of it between your hands. And you're just now, like, struggling with it to get the uh, halberd back. Doris. That's not my name. Okay, uh, um, would you say that this thing can understand a language? It can understand a language. Okay, I'm gonna a, use... it's a creature and creatures speak to each other, quote unquote. I mean, as much as you can speak, anyway. All right, I'm gonna use Vicious Mockery right All now. Right. Big mouth, big mouth, big mouth. Fuck your big mouth. Now I have uh, a question. When he uses this, it, does he speak common or does, is he speaking in the language of the creature that's being affected? I think no, I he can speaks, speak, yeah. He what? speaks common and right, just magically just, understands gotcha. him. Gotcha. That's a fail. Uh, yes, you do the damage. Two. All right, you can see its head just kind of swirling back and forth, like going back and forth, just nodding no, basically. Got him. <laughs> Keth, it's now that it's like shaking its head back and forth and like been vicious mockerized by uh, Doroth, it's let go of your halberd and you do like a little spin to do a, a, an attack. 18. That's a hit. Yeah. Eight. All right. So you take your halberd and you swing it around and you just kind of slash at it and you cut like the open cheek area of the alligator's mouth as it's wide open. It's not an alligator. Or, I'm sorry, turkodile. <laughs> Thank but you. But the alligator head. Thank you. <laughs> you mean the crocodile head? Crocodile head. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. And uh, <laughs> you do a really deep cut like in between its mouth. And it starts like 
like spewing blood out of its mouth, like spitting and coughing it out. And now it's Astra's turn. Gonna put this thing out of its misery with another ray of frost. 17. That's a hit. 1d8. <laughs> 7. Like, as it's like turning around, you shoot it once, like in like the lower part of its tail. And its butt. Its butt. Its butt. Yeah. yeah. You, you know how you are about like touching butts in this game. And you can tell like the frost kind of freezes over and like kind of holds its tail in place at the base, like the root of it. And then it starts rutting again at somebody. But first, it is Finch's turn. Nope, sorry. Felomir's turn. That's right. I'm gonna blast him. 25. That's a hit. Jesus. What the fuck is your... Yeah, for real. Plus six. Two damage. All right. You uh, hit it like right in the side of its head and it just goes limp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna go to the slot. Go to the yeah. Good job, guys. I gave it 40 damage. was amazing guys i know right i made that up all like off the dome you, you guys will definitely be able to handle the sisters what what did you say this was called a turkadile a turkadile i've never seen a turkadile before i'm gonna like drag it into like a more solid ground and inspect the he hops voice. down and kind of stands next to you and now that he's like now that it's dead he's kind of like slowly approaching it still kind of cautious and he like walks up to like the shell of it and says, oh, it's got this really nice shell and starts kind of like, like suction cupping like parts of the uh, shell. I want to use, hold on. Can I use minor illusion to make it seem like it moved a little bit? Of course. Okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, give him disadvantage on this. He jumps back into the air as like you make it shake a little bit and he like does a little spit and lands side like upside down on a tree like suction cupped again and just looking down like kill it kill it kill it <laughs> <laughs> got him i laugh yeah, i laugh a little bit uh, laugh well. that was a good one <laughs> i'm gonna smile all pleased with myself i did it i'm gonna look at the Look at the body. All right. So you kind of just inspect the body. What do you have to do for this? Now, just have to have parts of it. Okay. I have to make a trophy of some sort. Okay. Um, you inspect it, and you know you're you're reviewing what's going on with it, and it looks like you could maybe replace your buckler. Cool. I'm going to fashion a replacement buckler out of this tortoise. This to no, <laughs> the tortoise's shell won't work. Oh, okay. What? But the head of the crocodile, you could make a somewhat gauntlet out of its entire oh. head. All right. I'll, uh, I'll do that then. <laughs> Cut the head off it off. All right. You uh, 
go through the process of like skidding it a little bit around the neck and then you just take your halberd and just give it like an executioner's swipe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bulalabub jumps down and says, yeah! <laughs> He's dead. And so you take it and you kind of inspect the head and you start to kind of pull away at its uh, at the skin with your fingers a little bit trying to look at the bone. And you can tell that the bone seems to be made of the same material, like organic material that the shell is. So it seems to have be a little bit tougher instead of just bone. So you skin it and you fashion this alligator skull, this crocodile scroll to from elbow, a little bit past your elbow, to where it like kind of moves with your arm, but you know it cover, covers up your bicep whenever your arm is straight out. And uh, you now have the snout of the alligator covering up like your knuckles. Cool. Yeah. After cleaning <laughs> it and so on and so forth, and you know Gross. skinning. That is equal parts. Could have given us a little bit of warning, Kess. I needed a new buckler. It also looks like you could fashion the the uh, the shell itself as a like hardened backpack. <laughs> Do that as well. <laughs> but it, it's not like you're gonna be inside the shell. It's gonna be the shells like on your back. Right, right. And it'll take some crafting, but you can go ahead and get it like strapped with rope to you to, until you have some time to actually do the craft. Oh shit! What is this? Oh shit! <laughs> I love it. It looks like a sheet of paper. Aspect of the Turkadal. Yes. Aspect of the Turkadal. At third level, while raging, you gain advantage on grappling attacks and biting does 1d4 extra, 1d4 damage. Extra d4 at 7th, 11th, 15th, and 19th levels, plus strength modifier and damage. The aspect of the Turkadal gives you the strength of a crocodile's bite. I very much look forward to watching you bite people in battle in the <laughs> <Yeah>. future. <laughs> Most specifically, Doris' no, reaction to the first dude. time he sees it. <laughs> Have y'all ever seen or played Tekken 3? There's a dude named Ogre that's got like the snake yeah. on That's exactly what I'm like picturing right now. Optional, your appearance when you range changes with your mouth and face. You grow a two-inch snout similar to a crocodile, and your teeth grow in size and sharpness. I will take that. Whenever you're age? Yes. So you, wait, you turn and... His Never face mind. gets a two inches outward and that, creates a snout. Like an anamorph. Like a fucking uh, Koopa from the Marvel <laughs> Brothers movie. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? After defeating the monstrosity, the Turkadile, you all move forward for another 10 to 20 minutes. Balulabub stops at some point, though, and perches himself against a tree sideways again. He looks down at you and whispers, Okay, the upper head is a thick and deep area of the swamp. I won't get any closer than this to the sisters. I don't want them to see me and put blame on the green skin. How far away is it? Well, it's, it's right through this brush over there, and he points in a direction. So it's a straight shot. It's a straight shot. What exactly are we going to find? Their home. Anything else? You shouldn't. I, I don't know what else you'll find there, but I mean, you, I'll, I'll wait here until you get back, and then we can take care of those grayskins once and for all. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm as ready as I'm gonna be. Let's do it. Did anyone take damage? Nope. Nope. The nope. <laughs> bitch ass turk doll. Yep. All right. I'm gonna climb up this tree now. And he starts to crawl. All right. Well. Okay. Yeah, I'll kind of start to mosey.
Hey companions, thanks for joining us for another episode of Four Orbs. I hope the journey has been going as well for you as it has for us. Not a lot of updates this week, but I wanted to remind you to get involved with us on our social media accounts. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit, all searchable using Four Orbs. Specifically, we would greatly appreciate it if you could rate, review us on iTunes. That goes very far in the podcast community. We are also on Patreon. You can uh, find us on Patreon by searching for Orbs as well. I've been trying to think of some reward levels for monthly for monthly donations, but I'm having some difficulty. There are ideas in the works, but I haven't quite figured them out yet. Don't forget about Keth Reads Haikus, too. Go to our subreddit and look for the next month's installment and submit your haiku. If your haiku gets approved, it will be read on the podcast. It's a great way to send a shout-out to a friend or family member. Or just tell the listeners how you feel about the podcast. In just a little bit, we will be continuing the episode. But first, here's some words from our other podcast buddies. Are you a lifelong fanboy, a new nerd, or are you just clueless and curious about all the comic book movie buzz and want to know more? Then tune in to Between the Cons, the twice-weekly podcast for Life Between Comic Cons, where Chris and friends discuss nerdy news. Why is it news. always Chris and friends? We have stupid nicknames that you made up for us. I'm going to start calling you Dr. Big Boy Pants. Where Chris, Chris 2, MF Dane, Mr. Naughty List, the Wonder Twins, Masterman Drabo, the Ginger Giant, and the Outlaw Steve Jr. Thank you. Discuss nerdy news, review movies, and dive deep into the big topics that encompass our fandoms. Subscribe today on iTunes and Google Play at BetweenTheCons.com. Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Landry. We're the hosts of You Simply Must. You Simply Must? What's that? It's a comedy podcast all about sharing things that we love with each other and sometimes with the guest. TV shows, food, games, movies, whatever. That's right. Think of it as Oprah's favorite thing, but weekly and with more segments specifically designed to gaslight the other person. We release new episodes every Wednesday. You can find the show on iTunes or at yousimplymustpodcast.com. Hey, person hearing this ad, have you ever listened to our show? No. You Simply Must! I have uh, Keth again in the studio, though, for reading another haiku submitted by another user on Reddit. If uh, you want to go ahead and take it away, Keth. Oh, sure. So this haiku is from RobotCamel87. And they say, Keth the Giant Slayer rules. Doth really drools. Doth can't write good songs. Well, that's... Wait, wait a minute. It's, that's... That's not a five seven five. That's not a. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Uh, guys, uh, Keth's kind of gone into a bit of rage, so we're gonna have to cut this one a little short. It it looks like uh, maybe next time get the five seven five thing right on haiku formats, because a, a seven five six doesn't seem that that proper. And um, I feel a little. I feel like I'm in a little bit of danger now, so I'm gonna. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and get out of here. Thank. Thanks, thanks for joining, and I hope you enjoy the end of the episode. Bye. The swamp water is about chest deep on most of you. Dorothy, you find yourself swimming over half the time in most of the water like the whole while this ridiculous yes. under my breath but as you push some brush out of the way you reveal to yourselves several little little straw huts up on a raised area of dry land some of the huts have little wooden piers jutting out into the water 
As you look around from a distance, you all see little cages hanging from trees or sitting on piles sideways, like almost like trash bins of cages, basically. Give me a perception check. Uh, 21. 15. 19. 10. 19. Everyone but Felomir. You see what looks to be a human face down on the ground, sprawled out near a smoldering campfire. There does not appear to be any movement from this person. Oh, hey, what do y'all think of that? Don't point to it. I don't know yet. Is he dead? I can't imagine he is well. I think Finch should go check it out. I'll go check it out. I think Finch should go check it out. <laughs> I mean, I was... Didn't come here to not check things out, so I'm gonna. I kind of. I was gonna. I wanted to kind of put my little cowl up and then uh, kind of lower down to where it's like just my nose okay. out of the water. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Before he moves, I want to detect magic. Okay. For the record, I guess I didn't give you a distance. You're about 30 feet from the dry land. Detect magic is a 30 foot radius, I believe. Okay, well, I want to get in range. Okay. So you want to like move up with yes. Keth and. Okay. So Astra and Doroth, are you hanging back for a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll hang back. Is this like an island? In the sense, like a swamp island. So. And then how big would you say it is? From where you're standing and with your skill of knowing terrain, it would appear to be about. 100 foot radius, so about 200 feet wide. And there's several huts, we'll say six of them. Okay. But I, we could circle there, this entire thing if we wanted to you in could. the water. You could. And like the straw huts, like the doors of them are all kind of like a semicircle and they're facing you. So you have view at all six front doors of these huts. You said all these little hanging cages are empty? Yeah, there's cages all up on the island that are empty and hanging from trees and stuff. Okay. And they're all empty. They're all empty. Even the ones that are like sideways and then put in like mm-hmm. piles. And also, are there, are there like trees surrounding this? Yes. Like willow trees and swampy oak trees and, you know. Yeah. It's a swamp. There's lots of trees. Cool. Okay. So I have Keth, Felomir, and Finch approaching. Are you stopping anywhere, Felomir? Just like whenever you get in range? I mean, this is a huge little island, so I'm trying to figure out what kind of, what you're looking for. I mean, as soon as I'm in range, I am going to detect magic and continue walking until I either detect magic or have covered the entire ground. Gotcha. Okay. So every, the three of you are getting on the island. Okay. You begin the little swim slash trot through water and you make it to the shore. And you see about 40 feet from you the smoldering campfire and a woman face down in the dirt. A young, palish woman that seems to have been crawling from one of the cages that are like a trash pile cage, basically. Wait, real quick. I want to turn to Astra and be like, hey, can I I get on your shoulders? It's really disgusting down here. It's reasonable. He, okay. You can you can manage that, especially uh, in the water. Sure. Your shoulders would be disgusting, but yeah, whatever. Get on. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Climb up. Real he quick. swims over to you and climbs up onto your shoulders. But Keth, Finch, and Felomir, as you approach the huts, you find that the person face down in the ground is a young woman in a tattered dress. 
she is dead. You can see that she has crawled on the ground before collapsing, leaving, trails, leaving a trail in the dirt and mud from a cage. As you look closer at her body, the mud and dirt covered legs are a little discolored. The pale woman has a thick purple fading up her legs. When you flip her over, you see her throat has been cut, and with a quick investigation, a knife lay next to where her hand was. Does she have any kind of emblem burned into her, marked in her? Yes. She does have some sort of arcane mark carved into her forehead. I'll just look at it. It is not the same mark as the boy. Okay, it's a different one. And you yes. said she, her legs were discolored? Yes, a purple color. Okay, and it looks pretty... Like, we can see, like, a definitive stopping point. Yes, right around her, like, like halfway up her thighs. Okay. Give me a arcana check, though. 19. Okay. You investigate this arcane mark as well, and you don't know the spell, kind of like the other one, but you can get a hint of it being a necrotic spell. Hmm. Well, this is interesting. What, what does it mean? Do you understand what that means? It's some sort of necromancy spell. Different from the one before. The other one was, what, evocation? Transmutation. Transmutation. I would like to uh, touch the body to see if it's still warm. I mean, y'all flipped it over, but yeah, you, you feel for it, whether, like, like, if you can how? judge how long she's been mm-hmm. here. It is cold. Do you think it's going to blow up like the little boy did? Well, it seems to have stopped, I'm assuming, when she lost her life. Mm. It's like rigor mortis set in? Is she, like, stiff? or no, she's not stiff. Okay. Do I detect any magic from anywhere other than her, this body, I'm assuming? Yes. Uh, you do detect magic kind of in several places throughout this area. Okay. And you're trying to focus on certain ones here and there, and you're kind of, like... You can actually, Keth and Finch, you can actually tell that Philomir's kind of focusing and like zoning out for a second and like looking around in certain areas and y'all are kind of giving him his space right now. I'm actually going to go patrol around just to kind of check the area that we're in. So while you're doing that, Finch? Um, Are there any like tracks or footprints around that don't look like they were ours? Give me a survival check. Twelve. There are. Um, there's actually kind of a clutter of them all over the place. And focusing on it and trying to figure it out, you don't really make sense of it. But what you get out of it is that whoever lives here, they just kind of move from place to place all the time. Like, like from, from hut to hut. Hut to hut. Interesting. Doroth and Astra, are y'all doing anything in particular at this point? I'm trying to like see... If I can see what they're doing, but I'm assuming I, mean, I can't really tell. I don't think a perception check's going to give you much more than what you would obviously see, but they're, they're starting to kind of like move throughout the area, the island, kind of looking around. Okay. Hey, it seems safe. Yeah, let's move in. Okay. Just going like to like slowly. No. <laughs> yeah! No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just going to um, slowly approach. Okay. So you slowly approach for a while, and y'all, y'all are kind of doing your thing each. You're looking at the tracks. You're focusing on the magic. 
and you're kind of patrolling the whole, the whole island without going into a hut, um, the perimeter. And Astra and Doroth, you make your way onto the island. Doroth, I'm assuming you get down from her at this point. Sure. Yeah, I'm just going to drop them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, go, yeah, do that. Carefully, so that he's not a turd and makes noise. <laughs> I want to, like, as she's, like, like, slowly, like, putting me on the ground, I want to pretend as, like, flail my arms around, like, this is the worst thing ever. It's a stop now! Fine. Um, Keth, around the perimeter, um, it seems like this location of this island, like, in the swamp, the thick trees and brush and everything all around it kind of keeps this place hidden. Like if Baluabub would have not pointed you in this direction, you would have never found it. Like it, it seems completely out of like vision from where, from outside of it. Okay. Um, and going around, you don't see or hear any like activity in the huts or around the perimeter. Finch already gave you what you found from the tracks, trying to figure it out. Doroth and Astra, are you, what's your goal now that you're here? Um, kind of like how I told uh, Keth and Finch, you can see Felomir kind of standing near the dying campfire and kind of like, he's like, sometimes he like, he seems like to be doing like a, is that TN? Is that TN that does that? Yeah. He did, he's pulling a DBZ TN where he's putting his fingers like on his temples and trying to focus around the area. And then you see Keth come back from like doing a full circle on the island and then Finch is kind of like knee down in the mud trying to like look at tracks. Um, I guess I'll, I mean, if nobody's like approached the, uh, whatever the fuck they're called, the huts or whatever, um, I'll just kind of like sneak, sneak around, try to get a view inside, see what's going on. Um, everyone give me stealth checks, by the way. Just to set some unease for you. 24. 18. 14. 15. 15. Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, is that a good Jesus Christ? Or yeah, so stealthy. And everybody was above like 14, basically. Yeah, we all walked around with our arms out like this <laughs> the whole time. It's like we're not even here. Ninja walks. Yeah. So Astra's starting to make moves towards huts. Anyone else got anything other than Felomir that they want to do? I probably inspect the cages, especially the one where the lady came from. Okay. If I'm back, I'll just follow her into a hut. Okay. You're gonna stay with her. Or just poke around okay. aimlessly. Alright. Felomir. You start to feel a small vibration in your chest as you're detecting magic. Something you've never experienced before when trying to find any kind of magical source. You look to the others and notice they are starting to split off between the huts or various things that they're doing and searching around. And you hold still and focus on that vibration. It is a rapid but faint vibration. It's, it's faster than a heartbeat if you're trying to make sense of it that way. After a minute, you take a step forward and the vibration gets a little stronger. And with each step in the direction of a small hut, you feel the pulse getting stronger. As you enter the hut, the vibration in your chest thickens to your knees and elbows. You, you push against the vibration and look around 
and behind a cabinet in this hut, a small bookshelf, about three feet tall and three feet wide. One of the books is violently vibrating. For the record, the four of you do not hear this vibration of this rattling going on. You go over and grab what looks to be a decaying old book. The book erupts into a vibrant green color all around it. And like the slow movement of static electricity, the green electric movement leaves the book into your hand. It goes up your arm like a laser scan. It moves across your body from the book all the way to the opposite hand and ends, the t ends at the tip of your index finger in a small green spark. You look at the cover of what looks to be a freshly bound book with new leather, and the title is The Creator. You have obtained your pack of the tome. Mm, this book. I'm just going to like flip through it, obviously. You quickly kind of scan the pages. A lot of it doesn't completely make sense, but you're getting a sense of direction out of it. And you feel what seems to be like a gift given to you in an arcane way. And you try out a quick sample of each and you've learned three new cantrips. Damn. You're also the Green Ranger. <laughs> Surprise. Congrats. Thanks, guys. Was that the White Ranger? Weren't they one in the, the same? Play the no. <laughs> well, play the... Yeah. The flute was, the, was green the green ranger. Yeah. yeah, it was the dagger. Okay. Oh, the dagger yeah, with the tiger the head on the yeah. Okay. Oh, the tiger. No, wait. The tiger head had, was white. Yeah, that was the white but the ranger. Flute dagger. But the flute, the flute was, dagger the was the green ranger. Yeah. So off topic tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Astra, as you're inspecting one of the huts with Kath, you find a small chest. I need you to roll a D100. What's that? Do you have one of those? Yeah, dude. We all have one. It's a percent die. It's the percent die mixed with your D10. Oh. Uh, 56. You find inside this small chest a small mace, and you inspect it for a little bit. Do you know detect magic? No. Okay. You're not sure what's special about this mace. <laughs> but I have arcana. My arcana is... You do. And there are arcana. some arcane marks on it. <laughs> so give me an arcana check. Six. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, there's a mace in here. I've never used a mace before. It's a very elegant looking mace. Ooh, this is a nice mace. I'm gonna pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Flail it around. All right. You hold on to that. Let's ask Philomir about that later, because I don't know what all this means. Um, after looking through this hut, though, you uh, determine that it's probably, it's got like a small little cot in it that's raised off the ground. It's got cabinets and like a small little iron stove. It seems to be one of the homes of one of the sisters. Were we ever told how many sisters there were? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wait. Two. 
too. Yeah, okay. I remember yeah. too. But okay. I was like, so many huts, and you're just saying sisters. Mm -hmm. So does That's... it look like anything has been moved around recently that I can tell? You do see some like dust smudges. Um, it seems to be a very used hut. Okay. But obviously like, nobody's here. It does not appear that anyone is here. Does it look like they fled? Fleed? Fled? No. Fled. It does not look like they fled, fleed, <laughs> fleed away. Fled. Fled. Fled, <laughs> fled away. I got me all confused. <laughs> Octagonal. Octagonal. And rigor mortis hadn't set in with the corpse, so they haven't been gone too long, apparently. As far as I think. It's reasonable. All right, I guess I'll just regroup outside of the hut or maybe check out another hut. <laughs> yeah, let's just go into another hut. <laughs> All right. So you see Keth and, um, I'm sorry, Doroth and Finch. You see Keth and Astra leave a hut. Almost at the same time, Felomir leaves a hut. Hey, Felomir, look what I found. Yes, yes. What? Uh, it's got uh, these markings on it. I'm like, the whole time I'm looking at this book. <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. No, but you can tell what it means. Oh, wait, wait. I just read my book. I go sit down, actually. Like you sit down on the porch of one You're of these on the huts. ground. Yeah. Okay. Did you find something, Felomir? Hold on. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. What? What is it? It's a gift. Looks like a book from here. Well, yeah. It's a gift. Excuse me. Like you, you wouldn't understand. Wait, stop. A gift? From who? From the great old one. I wouldn't understand. Gibberish. Wait, who is the great old one? He's the one that I follow. Is he a, is he a guardian? Of sorts. He got a book out of an old bookshelf in one of those things, and now he's obsessing over it. It was meant for me. He does this. Anyway. What what is this now? This mace. This mace. Yeah, look at it. It's got markings on it. I'm gonna read it. Okay. I guess detect magic. Yeah, give me an arcana check with disadvantage because of your distraction with this book. We're playing. Uh, eight. You can't seem to get your mind clear and focus on what it is, but there are definitely marks on the mace that you could figure out if you are given the time to study it. I mean, it's definitely magical. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Go walk into the other hut. All right. Or another hut. Okay. Are you all two walking around in pairs still? Yeah. You too? Anything? Thanks. I'm, I'm going to go check out them cages and stuff. Looking at the cages, um, picture them like, you know, like, we live down here on the coast. So, like, crab cages? Mm -hmm. They're not crab cages, but how, like, uh, people that do the crab, the crab cage thing on the coast, mm -hmm. they just kind of throw them into a pile. It's like that, but they're human cages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll start lazy and... Okay. I want to go into one of the remaining huts okay because i'm bored so you two are together are you going to do one separate or do you want to like are y'all going on i'm feeling very suspicious wait. about everything i think i'm gonna kind of move towards like the middle of the camp where the fire is and that lady and just kind of like try and take everything in take one more like 
kind of be look like around a, at everything. If there's anything that catches my eye, and just watch these. Kind of be a scout for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Watch well, everybody's I'm, back. I'm not the same. I'm just gonna mo dupa do my way into whatever. Okay. So you're gonna do a hut all by yourself. Yeah. Okay. So um, Astra and Kath, you skip a hut and go to the next one from where Felomir came out. You go inside, and it seems to be like a like an alchemy station. Like the entire hut is basically a meth lab. I mean, there's tubes and flask and beakers and all kinds of things going all over the place and different colors of liquids and spices and herbs and everything. But Doroth, you enter a hut and see what looks to be a room for rituals. What does that look like? Candles are lit and drapes are split, have split the room into sections. And as you push through to the center of the room, you find an altar with a decaying body on top. It spooks you, so you turn away without getting a good look, but, and you force yourself to kind of turn back and get a good look before you go tell them. And you see the dead body of a lizard-like man, Salamandal. Next to the altar is a large heated cauldron. And you can see the steam and evaporation of the liquid filling the room. But as you look up towards the ceiling, you see, it you see that steam swirling above on the center, right above the dead man. I'm going to turn around and run out and just stick my head out the doorway. Guys, you gotta come see this. I'm going to take that as time for me to start running over there. Okay. Yeah, I'll hear it from inside. Yeah, we'll okay. run over there. Same. Okay. Now! Faster! I sprint. Okay. The four of you jog or sprint or run over there to the area. And you enter the hut, seeing the same thing as I gave. Wait, no! Okay. Wait. <laughs> okay, wait. I'm sorry. I'm Can sorry. I, like, so there's curtains and stuff. Like, I want to close them like behind me. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you guys ready to witness what I have witnessed? Uh, sure, sure. Hurry up. What's going on? Hold on. I'm going to give you a drum roll. Doris, okay, so we don't have time for this. Not that serious. It's art. And open it. <gasps> I walk in. <laughs> you all see the decaying old body of Salamandal sitting on this altar with a cauldron producing some sort of smoky steam and spiraling above. You said there were candles lit in here, right? Yes. How burnt are they? How Halfway. Halfway. Okay. Look how cool! It like swirls. Like, what? Can I see everything in this room? Like, I know you've seen curtains were sectioning things off, but like, can I look around and know mm -hmm. that there's no one else in here besides us and stuff? I mean, you can, like, you can't see. I'm gonna no, start throwing you... curtains back. Okay. So yeah, you start moving curtains around and looking around and you push them all back to the side to where you notice that you're the only ones in this hut with the decaying body of Salamandal. I think, I think we should dismantle and destroy the body. We should put it on the fire and get rid of it before it's too late. The wait, body? Whoa, wait, what? They're obviously trying to do something here with Salamandal, which is not good for us. True. 
he needs to be destroyed before he can be created again. That is the part that you lost me at. I will not take part in ripping apart a body. You, that's that's not in in. I'm the saying we barb. put it in the fire. I'm not saying we have to rip it apart. It. I know. I know. I initially said that, but I, I'm you know I'm kind of on my toes right now, and I'm a little freaked out. And I'll rip him apart. I mean, it's just a corpse. We're not ripping him apart. Hard. Okay. Do I do I know what's going on here? Like, have I seen Give me any an sort arcana of check? Ritual like this. Ugh, nine. Eight. Y'all. Do you have Arcana? Uh, yeah. I mean, I have a three in it. Is that pro- you're not proficient in it? No. I'll give it to you. Because you might know the lore of something like this. Twelve. Okay. You connect some dots in your head, Doroth, as you're, like, telling them that you don't want to rip the body apart or touch the corpse or anything. And it does seem like some kind of resurrection ritual. You don't know specifically how it works or anything, but from your bardic lore and knowledge that you know and all the things that you've heard of such a resurrection of anybody in the past, it could be a witch-like ritual a witch-like ritual of resurrection okay it's barbaric we're just we, we're gonna leave it alone we're gonna leave and we're wait i dart my eyes around i think they're gonna try to resurrect him i've heard a song about this before look at the candles obviously so I'm saying, yeah, we yeah, gotta get I mean, rid of this we, thing. We could assume that that's what they're trying to do. No, you didn't. Some kind of necromancy, right? Keth, we need to get this body to the fire. All right. Y'all didn't know. As y'all kind of like quiet down and like like the conversations ended, but you're like hearing yourself move, you do hear the splashing of water. You all kind of freeze in place. One of you. Astra goes and peeks outside the door towards the sound and you see two old human ladies rowing a boat in your direction. You watch as they pull the boat to pier and tie it off and then they slowly move with an elderly strut towards the girl. They stand over silent for a minute and then you hear, Well, Gagget, I liked her. She got up. She put up a fun fight. You pushed her too hard. You should have never showed her her child's teeth. I didn't think showing her a cup with some teeth in it was all that bad. Well, this one's on. Someone's here.